when Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Welcome back to the Different Knock podcast, episode number 32, with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend... Bradley Adams. How you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, weirdly positive after a one-one draw mm. at against Southampton. <laughs> yeah, quite neutral. I feel like I, I, I think it's weird. I don't feel depressed, so it's almost like a plus. If you get what I feel mean, a bit, feeling better than last week, Brad. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I think my frustrations got the better of me last week, and my uh, my observations weren't uh, as particularly apt or impartial as they usually can be. Uh, but I'm very thankful to have a uh, a very generous co-host like you who sets me back on track. Oh, and we've had a couple of Brad. conversations this week about kind of where we're headed, like as a club, and a uh, like, couple of text messages. I'll and, pay you. I'll pay you the thirty yeah. quid later. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good, buddy. Uh, yeah. No, I. Yeah. I mean, listen. It's not. <laughs> it's. I think I said to you just before we started recording. It's. Listen. It's not great. You know. We drew against Southampton at home. We had a player sent off, but it, but it weirdly, weirdly feels like a step in the right direction. Yeah, uh, in a couple of spe- in a couple of areas, definitely. Yeah, I think I've still got I've, I've still got a few gripes that I was texting you about that pre the Aubameyang goal. If we'd have lost the game, for example, I I, t- I said to to you that um, over text uh, during the game um, that. For me, if he lost this game, and and even kind of if he, even though he's drawn this one, if he loses the next one, it's it almost becomes a question of where do you draw the line? Because although Mikel, I believe personally, can become like a generational manager, I think he's got the talent to do it, and we saw that in him putting together a very ramshackled squad to win an FA Cup. But we don't have the best players, and we don't have the most motivated players. And one thing that I suggested to you was would it almost be a positive to have that new manager bump that you see? Because as much as I'm willing to give Mikel a lot of leeway, I would rather him go and win the Champions League elsewhere if we don't get relegated with him as our manager. Can um, I, do I have your express yeah, no? cons- consent as uh, as your darling co-host to read out your WhatsApps to me? Oh, 100%. I think yeah, this go is, for it. This is just absolutely classic classic Emotion. arsenal fan right yeah like the flip-flop <laughs> is unreal it's incredible it's ronaldinho-esque i would say uh, uh, it was, <laughs> he said 657 <laughs> i genuinely think if this carries on and he doesn't seriously adapt the way he sets up he's got to be sacked goal goes in get the fuck in the thing is i love the spaniard and with the right players this could be beautiful <laughs> It's true, though. It's true. I think a lot of one of the issues that we've currently got is we've got a very kind of put together squad. He's only had three ish signings. And, you know, the more that we the more that we do, uh, the better this will become like business wise. And there's going to be a massive amount of squad turnover that I personally uh, now I've kind of collated my thoughts over the last kind of week since that Burnley defeat. I'd love to see him in charge of. Because I'd love to see what a Mikel Arteta team looks like. Because at the moment, I don't think we're seeing a Mikel Arteta team. But I'm not going to say that I think that that should happen if we're sliding into the relegation zone and flirting with the drop. Because sure. the, the the people like the championship's hard, man. And the current squad of players would not come up straight away. Oh God. They would not bounce back up. Oh like, God, they're just too soft. Don't, just, please don't say they're that. They're just too soft. They're, no, no, no. But they are. They're just too soft. Yeah, that yeah, I really, I actually agree with you there. I really don't think we'd do well in the championship. The, the thing is, like, I mock you for the WhatsApps, right? But it is a game of fine margins. It really is, and I think we saw that. Oh, no, of course, it is no better than this evening. You know, this this. I think we were, we were just saying before we started podcasting. If that Rob Holding header goes in, mm-hmm. this is a very different podcast. Or the Saka opportunity, or you know, there was a couple where there if was it goes a, yeah. in. Changes, changes, changes the outlook. If the Gabriel yellow, yeah, as you said, yeah, you know, 
it's two very cheap yellows that have led to a red. The thing is, is it's not like there was one strong yellow that you could agree. No, 100% that's a yellow card. Strong yellow. And you've seen that, you've seen, you've seen a few times with those kind of like, the thing is, is if you slow that down, Walcott's got his arms on Gabriel's legs and lifting him up at one point. And then Gabriel does the same thing to his back. It's just the Walcott goes down. Mm. And that's the reason it's given almost. So, it is really difficult, but we we felt on top in that second half, and it was the the sending off that changed the kind of outlook of the game for us, which is a real real shame. And there is something that needs to be done about. I, I I don't. The thing is, is ironically, I don't really blame Gabrielle for this because I don't think I think both of those. It's it's becoming a bit of a weak sport, you know. Both of yeah. those challenges are very soft to give yellow cards for. You know, I watched footage from the 60s the other day. I think it was the 60s where one player literally punched another player in the face and the ref just brought him over, brought the other player over and told him to shake hands and get on with it. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, ha, like yeah. it, it is, it is getting a bit ridiculous, the things. But again, you know, it's, if, if we were good enough, we'd have put our chances away before that and we'd have won the game 3-1. So, yeah. And, and listen, you know, that kind of 60s football, the, the sort of Graham Souness era um i'm not sure he's playing football in the 60s but he looks like he was born in about 1860 so um and his ideas come from he was born in about 1860 definitely it's it's just a coincidence that i want to criticize all the black players i promise yeah the the kind of that kind of style of football or that era of football i i i know what people mean when they're like the game is going too soft and i actually think I agree with you a little bit like the the Gabriel the, the the two yellows I'm a bit like 10 15 years ago is that is that two yellows is that maybe a yellow and a talking to <laughs> Brad is taking off his jumper a very nice jumper really... might I add and currently yeah. he's stuck in it you're right yeah it's cuz I'm tr- I was trying not to lose my airpods <laughs> so you've you've you gone know, for su- a money su- penny inspired um uh t- turtleneck yeah, no, no, no. Um, uh, we just did our secret Santa in the flat and uh, a gorgeous flatmate of mine uh, just got me a beautiful uh, turtleneck. Uh, and I don't actually own a turtleneck. Um, you do now. And I've been saying, I've been saying for ages that I need to buy one and I need to steal the the gorgeous good looks of Alexander Moneypenny. So I've now right. done it. I feel like you're floating me this episode. What's going on? Always, always, darling. Is, is it because you feel bad for the last one? Yeah, I do. I, I, to be fair, I did. I did have a word with myself after the last one. Did you like, actually? What did you say? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I had a bit of a word with myself. I was like, it's just football, right? <laughs> one that, and also, I think that um, the uh, on on a massive tangent, uh, I, you? I I watched um, a video. I watched a really interesting video. I don't know why it just popped up on my YouTube, and it, it was almost like a philosophy video about like relationships in life, whether that be friendships, partners, family, whatever. And it talked of relationships as if the two people involved in the relationship uh, are holding a rope, and sometimes people pull on that rope, uh, and other people give them slack to do so. And I think that last week is a uh, or last episode is a brilliant example of that, where I was massively pulling on that rope, being an asshole and not being very polite. And you gave me a lot of room to do that. Um, and so I just had a kind of word, bit of a word with myself to be like, look, it's a football match. Like, don't have almost like get angry with one of your friends over eleven, str- like twenty two strangers on a pitch just because, you know. Yeah, but do you know what? And I think do you know like, what I mean. No, 100% I do. And, and to kind of, you know, listen, we're in really difficult times. Uh, I don't know where, you know, where, wherever you are in the world, um, it's, it's in some cases things are getting much better, I know, in, in places like Australia or New Zealand or things are fluctuating. But in the UK, the situation is pretty dire. Um, yeah. And for, you know, for a lot of people, I think football is, is a massive... Um, is a massive escape from that. And it is a massive um, sort of place where you can go to vent. I think a lot of the reason football is so popular among, especially men, is because it gives them a space to vent that emotion and vent that frustration and and, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and kind of be validated for that and sometimes get really famous for doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 certainly a, a, a component of it. I think, just kind of bringing it back to Arsenal, like, I think the reason these conversations and I, and I and I aware also sometimes I do and admitting my fault here I sometimes do play the well let's calm down a bit too much but 
the thing is with all of these things and the reason and, and the reason I sit on that side of things is just because these things are so fine margins and and you know coming on to the game now like um yeah as i say as the, you know if that holding one goes in if you know yeah, Saka passes to Enketia at that moment if, yeah. if, if 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 gabriel doesn't you know well it's like i've mentioned about 90 million times the fact that um the off the goal in the champions league final their second goal is offside barcelona's when they beat us in the champions league final yeah. do you know what i mean and it's it's those kind of fine margins of what's given for you what's given against and they you. change the narrative they fully they they really, completely really change the do. narrative and and the problem is is at the moment we've we've only got a narrative online and i think it's really important yeah. to try and just be aware of that and and and, and, and i, I know, think go on. i just think a lot of people co-opt that narrative as well like they co-opt it for their own gain and their own means. Now, I I have quite a disdain for um, not for AFTV, but for certain members of that community who almost co-opt. Well, firstly, co-opted the Wenger out movement as a way to boost their own profile, but they've co-opted this like almost this this performance and this way to be as a football fan. I'm just googling and, what co-opted means. Hang on. Um, and it's just really not real and really it's just self-aggrandizing and really cancerous you know i shared um a clip on twitter of a guy called lee gunner who i think is a cancer to all arsenal fans um calling out people like patrick timmons and another account um called william uh ozil things mm. and i mean william is is an ozil fan account so he can post whatever about Meza Ozil he wants. And I don't even think, I mean, this has just shown that, you know, there are people that still believe very stupidly that Ozil is out of the side for footballing reasons. That's obviously not the case because we're currently languishing in 14th or 15th, unable to create a lot of chances. And then Timmons has always been somebody who I've followed and, I, I DM'd him at one point just to ask him to listen to our pod when we were in our early days and give us any feedback Didn't do it. that he had. <laughs> um, and he was really, really lovely to me. And also just in the way that he puts his opinions across is a very lovely and respectful person. So for somebody like that to almost come after somebody and be like a fully grown 40 year old man yeah. over opinions they have of a game is, is fucking pathetic. And I've always held this. And I, I to be fair, I, I say this in a, in a, in a lot of different circumstances, but the Wenger out brigade and the people that turned the fan base so cancerous and so hateful at that time and made us force out what is our most successful manager in our history deserve this right now. They deserve us to be languishing in 15th because this is what they wanted. And I'm not saying this wouldn't have happened under Wenger because I don't have an all-seeing eye. I'm just saying if you look at even Wenger's last two, three know, years... I don't, I, don't, I don't think it would have happened, but I can't guarantee you that. As in, I can say there's a strong probability mm. that it doesn't happen, but I can never I guarantee about the you that. Seeing eye, actually. Oh, oh, there you. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just think that the the people that do that are just they 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 almost make the the airspace around this conversation so much more negative and because toxic. everyone gets def yeah because yeah. everyone gets defensive over their opinions because everyone feels like they're being attacked for their opinions yeah which i think i did to you last week definitely and i'm sorry for that mate <laughs> sorry no worries. um yeah i i think the i you know regardless of kind of beef on twitter i think arsenal as a arsenal fans as a more and i think co-opted is is a really good use of the the phrase by the way guys uh, it's when a member a group hang on there's a group of people and someone within the group of people tries to make another group of people within the group of people essentially is what that is i think from my quick google and i think it's true i think people often i think it's where you know, opinions move from, well, this is just my opinion and, and here I'm going to present it in a hopefully um, coherent and, you know, doesn't even have to be calm, you know, a coherent and um, understandable and understandable almost. manner, right? Um, but then it gets into insults and, you know, you, you this, you're an idiot and you're, a, you're an effing this. And, you're an, and you go, guys, it's fucking football. It's football. Yeah, like anyway, realistically, it doesn't matter. Speaking about football, Arsenal won, Southampton won. Uh, at the Emirates Stadium, a goal from Aubameyang from open play as Arsenal oh. stay in 15th. So that's fine. Um, oh, was that not? Hang on. The Premier League table hasn't updated. So 
maybe we're not in 15th. Oh, no, we'd still be in 15th. Um, yes. Lineups then. We. Bellerin was out. Xhaka was out because of suspension. Probably the best thing for us. Um, I was fairly happy with the lineup. I thought, you know, Maitland Niles deserved his spot, certainly, mm-hmm. uh, considering how he played on, uh, against Burnley. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought. Um, Inketia and Abamyang was interesting. I don't know if I, I think we played that again uh, before against Sheffield, um, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, and then it was a kind of always you know similar Arteta back three, back four, back five, wherever he kind of takes his takes his pick on in the in the phase of I find I find the the um, fascination with that really weird. People are really fascinated and really keen to be like, it's this, it's that. It's it's never one thing, guys. No, it's, I think it's it comes always from, different, depending on the phase of play. It comes from a lack of ed- of education and understanding. You can always tell people that really understand football when they talk about that, because formation is a very flexible and fluid thing in yeah. that I might be, mate, I do this on fucking FIFA. I'm a, I'm a 4-3-3 in attack and I'm a 5-4-1 in defence. Because and and and, and pressing, that work is yeah. in like and, yeah yeah and and sometimes when you're pressing you're in a different formation when you're when you're defending a long ball you're in a different formation you know listen it's 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 all different um, and Arteta has always talked about phases and zones and you have to mm-hmm. use in my opinion you should always you know we've got a head coach who is trying to set the blueprint for the way football should be talked about in this club so let's do that you know and he talks about phases and zones and 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 styles mm-hmm. of play like that i think it's it's i don't know it's just a weird thing whenever it comes out people are going is it a four is it a five it's like it's it's always not what you think it is um so yeah i thought you know any thoughts on the lineup particularly i i, I was happy to see um, maitland come in um yeah and i was very was happy really. to see yeah i was very happy to see maitland in um I think it was good to see David Luiz back on the bench after the clash of heads with Raul Jimenez. And obviously there were photos coming out in earlier in the week of Raul Jimenez back at Wolves training ground, not training, obviously, but just visiting. Uh, but other than that, I kind of had the, uh, what did I really, I did I really have an issue with Aubameyang out on the left? Not really, but also I kind of think you're desperate. We're desperate for results right now. Why are we playing in Ketia? Oh, and not giving other players an opportunity like Smith Rowe. Because the thing with Enketia is he's a perfectly serviceable player. But at the moment, we need people that are going to be almost unpredictable and offer us things. And I just don't think Enketia is that player. Yeah. There's a moment for me in the game that sums it up. I, I forget the specifics, but I think Saka's through. And if he squares yeah. it, Enketia's there, but he just gets body checked by a Southampton player. And mm-hmm. it's a completely fair challenge. The guy just stands him up and Aketia bounces off him. And I think a Balogun in that situation, and I know it's an easy thing to say, but, you know, say we have Balogun there. Balogun is not It doesn't even have checked. to be a Balogun, though. Yeah. It, it, like, you're talking about new signings. Like, I've, this is this will be the third episode in a, in, in a row that I've mentioned him, but I was doing a bit more of a look at this kind of Val Veghorst guy from Wolfsburg, mm. uh, mainly because I packed his inform on FIFA, which is ironic. <laughs> Um, no, but like, isn't like, I've been chatting about him so much and I've got his fucking inform. Um, but a guy with more physical presence, like you say, and it does, the thing is, is it doesn't even have to be height, but also a guy with more height and more height like, helps, but it's yeah. mainly build. And Nketiah just, I think yeah. Nketiah is just too lightweight for the Premier League, in, in my opinion, to ever really lead 100%. a line. I think, yeah, you know, and this guy's 6'6". Six, six. This guy's 6'6". Six, six, and actually, an Enketia with, and with someone like him would be fantastic. But with an, course, with an Aubameyang, it's just not going to work. As you a, you yeah. almost need that that 6'6 six, six hold-up play style yeah. striker with Aubameyang or with Enketia, yeah. not the both of them together. For because sure. Sure. it's almost like Aubameyang and Enketia need to be almost taking up the same types of positions. And also in the average positions... Nketiah was clearly being told to sort of slightly drop behind Aubameyang and, and, and Pepe's kind of inside forwards. I don't think Nketiah's mm. best behind anyone, frankly. I think if he's going to do anything, he should lead the line. Poach. He or, should poach. Or, or be in a two. Um, so, yes, mm-hmm. a strange one with Nketiah. He's certainly someone in a more squad-building conversation, which we're not, you know, not really having, who I'd be looking at moving on fairly soon. Um, yeah. So... Then we started. I thought it was a bit of a clunky start. I thought neither team could get much rhythm going. Um, the only thing I really noted, what I've got down in my notes here, is Abamyang's first touch 
is not great. Like I, 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 I we love Aubameyang. I love Aubameyang. I think he's a, a great guy. I don't think he's a particularly good captain, and he's obviously going through a tough time at the moment. But I, I did notice that. Like I think often because he scores so much, or when he has been scoring so much, basically for the last two years up until this little run now. We haven't noted that his build-up play and his link-up play, when he is being asked to drop deep, and the reason I say this is because I, I think he's being asked, when we're up against it, I think Aubameyang is, I'm not going to say one of the least useful players out there, but he's certainly not a great contributor defensively, and his first touch does not no. help because he can't hold up the ball very well. It's really unreliable, and it's starting to annoy me because I'm like, you're, you're a very technically skilled footballer, just listeners have a have a watch it's starting to get get under my skin because i'm like someone of your technical ability has got to be doing better with the first touch this is such a me point to make you it's got to yeah. be it's got to be doing better with the first touch because i don't know i'm like i'm i'm going to say 5 times out of 10 he'll slightly miscontrol it if he's if he's receiving it out on the left um normally in our half when we're trying to get out of our half or he's receiving it with back to goal yeah it, i don't know it just it was. It's a small thing, but it doesn't help. One thing I would consider with that as well is the quality of players that are playing it into him. I think it's almost like it's 50-50. I agree with you. His first touch is something that has been lacking in recent games, but hasn't been, isn't historically poor. I think it is also a question of we haven't got the best passers of the ball at, at points. He's not Our being held. Pass. He's not being held. No, yeah. But equally, so I, think, I do think he slows yeah. us down. This is what I mean. I think it is almost six of one and half a dozen of the other. In that, if you fix the passing issue, Aubameyang will still occasionally probably miscontrol it and slow us down. So, I don't, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think it's a very easy part of the game to work yeah. on as well. It's not like it's literally just practice controlling the ball. And obviously you're talking about in high pressure circumstances yeah. and with different types of passes being played and yada, yada, yada. But listen, he's, he's a, he's a straight lines player. He's a running behind. He's a make a, make a yard of space. He's a pick up the ball from a cutback, whatever kind of player. Mm-hmm. He's not someone who plays with his back to goal much linking up others. He's not someone who is being asked often other than at the moment to play how we're playing because we are up against it a bit more. But then when, when he is, basically this this comes out of discussion around like dropping a Bamiyang and I don't I'm not up for dropping a Bamiyang but there are certain games when I'm like I wish we had a more I wish we had someone like that guy you've mentioned who 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 can Giroud yeah who can just Giroud-esque yeah who can just who'd have thought we were crying out for Giroud in 2020 I I know And speaking of players we we didn't think we'd be crying out for, uh, the goal from Walcott. No. (laughs) I'm not saying we should get him. So Um, it was, I mean, El Nenny goes in for the tackle. I think he just gets a bit unlucky and it's a great ball through and Walcott, you know, great finish. Um, Mm. I didn't think Saints were, I mean, they had more possession, but I didn't think they were massively cutting us open particularly. I thought it was just a a kind of of moment in a game, really. I I think it felt depressing and upsetting and annoying but I wasn't like oh my god fucking hell we're we're up against it here it just felt like an opportunity which they finished very well and Walcott's clearly very confident I have to say I was a little bit pissed off he celebrated is that fair yeah I mean it's difficult isn't it it is really difficult because I don't think he left particularly well it was a bit kind of pushy out the door when we sold him to Everton um, and I think once you do that to a player who's been with you for so long, it's like the Giroud thing, you know, Giroud, the thank you Arsenal with the, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the video, but there's a video of him after Baku with the Europa League trophy celebrating saying, th- and he says the words, thank you Arsenal. And I think that once you almost treat a player like their surplus requirements at your club, no matter how long they've been with you or whether they're academy products, they're going to almost lose all loyalty to you and they will celebrate against you. And I think that that's unfortunately just part of the game. It it irked me a little bit, but I kind of just went like, I think you're right in general terms, but with Walcott, I'm like your best ever premier league return was 14 goals, mate. We stuck with you through injuries. We stuck with you through loss of form. We stuck with you through Wenger believed and believed and believed and believed. Yes. It didn't end particularly well, but mate, you spent your pretty much your entire footballing career here 
I don't know. In a full Emirates stadium, I doubt he does that. But it just did. And it wasn't as, you know, I'd, I'd be okay with him. I'm not asking for, a you know, Ronaldo returning to United and holding his hands. Exactly. I'm not asking for that. But, but you know, not hands out, clearly really enjoying it. It just felt a little bit like... Um, yeah. In your no, face. I see what you mean. And also his comments after the mean. game saying that we looked scared. That is true. But Theo Walcott, you're, you coming out after a game and saying you could smell fear... Sorry, fucking Theo Walcott, lion heart of Arsenal for 13 years. Fuck off. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck no, off. I, fuck I, right I, off. I, I agree. I agree with you on that. <laughs> Pretending he was like um, some sort of like man who'd take the... He'd get lost all, every other game. Fuck off. Oh, and I think he gets lost in this Southampton team. It pops up every now and again. But do you know, the ironic thing is I think that Walcott would have probably been a good signing for us on loan. Yeah, wouldn't have been bad. You it's, know, instead of a Willian. Yeah, maybe maybe a Walcott on loan as opposed to a Willian. Um, Adds to the homegrown. I think I saw Gunnapana sure. say that actually on Twitter. For sure. Um, yes, I thought then sort of as the after they scored, I did feel we were slightly on the back foot. My my main feeling really was that we missed party. Um, we co- we were oh. constantly giving the ball away in that area. Why did we rush him back? Why? Yeah, uh, we were constantly giving the ball away. Sabios uh, did. I actually thought Sabios had a decent game. Um, he was pre- he's one of our only players apart from Sacco who can progress a ball he's technically really good there was some nice give and goes um, Gabriel um, playing out from the back I think he, he does enable us quite well when there's spaces and Saints were allowing us a bit of space um, mm-hmm. and he's nice he's, he's a tidy player he, he has massive limitations and there was a point where he definitely should have um, not gone down and tried to get a shot away in the first half but we were constantly giving the ball away and I just I, I felt we missed someone who could be a bit of a it's such like a the Sun article headline, but like a bit of a midfield general, um, a bit of a kind of oh uh, yeah, an assured presence, an experienced presence. Yeah, but that's what yeah. we signed him for. Yeah, you know that's what yeah. we signed him for, and it's just typical Arsenal that he's gone injured and has now been rushed back from injury and is back on the treatment table. For sure, for sure. You know, and it's a real, real shame. It's so funny. And like his injury record pre-Arsenal is. Oh, it's like six. Is it six games? Six, no, it's like six days or something that he's ever been out in his professional career. <laughs> You know, and I think that that, again, that decision's on Arteta and the hierarchy to rush him back and put him in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's literally, he's our, he's our, probably our most important, one of our most important players right now. And we've rushed him back from injury. Certainly. For the sake of it, because if we were going to set up 11 men behind the ball against Tottenham or play expansively, it didn't have to include a still slightly injured party i've just realized there's like a joke you can make in his name isn't there you could you could for example say we're not having a party because his name is thomas has anyone thought of that i think everyone has thought of that no i don't think they have brad i'm not sure they have mate i think i've just hang on let me (laughs) i think i think you've cracked it i've cracked it i've cracked the case um Huzzah! Huzzah! Um, yeah, I actually after the goal, I thought we had yeah a little period of like being being behind. What did you say? I'm just laughing at that. That was quite funny. Um, uh, yeah, I thought we had like a bit of period of being being on the back foot, and then toward very towards the end of the second half, I thought we were doing all right, and I think we sort of went into the break. Like you know, it's kind of one of those first halves where you kind of wish it would keep going. Um, yes. That was so posh. I just went going. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Uh, Keep going, darling. Then, second half, as often happens, we come out as if Arteta's just fucking shot a gun in the air or something. Um, because he probably has. Because he probably has. Um, and I thought we did really well. And then Bukayo Saka, star boy, star fucking boy. I mean, that guy is just <sighs> technically, he's just gifted, isn't he? I think he's, I think I, I don't know about like Barca or Madrid. But because I don't think he's he's their sort of profile for like a Galactico or like a, a you know a a um a leader of a front three or something like that. But I think if if he transitions into a midfielder, I think potentially. Oh yeah, he's got serious potential to be a oh, top quality player. Oh. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean he's just he fucking smashes it. He rides three players. Lovely ball in. Nice ball from Nketiah. I think 
Squawker somehow mis- mis- uh, mixed up in Ketia and uh, and Saka and said that he's now got all the assists. Uh, hmm, hmm, <laughs> sounds mm. about white. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, and a lovely finish from Aubameyang. Do you know what? And like credit where credit's due, like for someone who is in a goal drought, it was a very assured finish. And I actually thought yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of players who aren't natural born goal scorers who might, who might just hit that on McCarthy or something. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, yeah. Hundy P. Uh, Hundy P takes the goal well. It's just, the thing is, is it is just a shame that we're not feeding him more of those opportunities. Mm. Because that was delightful. Delicious. I, I, literally, I literally jumped off my seat. I was so I'll, excited. I'll, I will play. I pl- I'll play the voice note I sent Brad. No, it wasn't you. It was my friend Adam. I, I did a little scream. My voice hasn't really recovered. Come on! But I fully, when it went in, I did jump up and down. I was I was actually, oh, mate. I was actually um, making a cup of tea and I, had the, um, I was watching the game on my laptop. And I literally jumped, like actual in the air. Oh, fully. I, I, I was wrap, I was wrapping um, my secret Santa present at the time. And I, I was sat down and I literally just jumped up with excitement. What was your secret Santa? You had to say. Um, I got them uh, like um, a Chili's food thing. You know, like the company Chili's that do water bottles. I do know the company Chili's that do water bottles. They do like food things that keep your food hot for like six hours. So I got uh, one of those and I got some nice earrings. That's very good. Shout out to my girlfriend for helping me pick the earrings because I know nothing bloody about hell, women's Brad. fashion or jewellery. Honestly, bloody hell. Um, bloody hell, darling. Let's finish off the game then. I mean, Gabriel got sent off. To be honest, I'm very low to, to criticise Gabriel because I thought he had a, a first, firstly, he had a really good game. A, firstly, he had a really so good tough. game. And C, uh, secondly, he um, he was just... It was a joke, Brad. Uh, he was... Because <laughs> I went A, firstly. Uh, it's not... Yeah, keep up. Uh, it wasn't funny that's why he didn't get it <laughs> I was so confused um, yeah I thought Gabriel yeah listen he had a good game and he, it was two fairly soft yellows as we kind of we went over in the introduction but um, I do just feel sorry for Arteta to be honest um, my friend Andy actually I think me. he's been yeah he's been let down so Andy much. who okay quick one here sorry for the slight tangent Andy who will be hosting the Different Knock Christmas Special Yes. Which will be out at the beginning of next week. Uh, I'll keep you guessing as to what it is. You can probably guess what it is. Uh, but let's, let's just say me and Brad are going to have some healthy competition. It's going to be uh, beautiful. And our friend Andy, who's a, a, a loyal listener of the show, will be, um, will be uh, hosting it. So I look forward to that. Anyway, what I was going to say was... No, what? how did I get to there? Well, you were talking about Gabrielle and... Oh, God. Then talking about something else. You mean you weren't hanging off of every word I said, Brad? Oh, I, I'm just thinking about the Christmas special now. All right. Uh, I'll just handle the rest of the game then. Uh, Gabrielle, what the fuck was I talking about? Uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah, Gabrielle, listen, he got pretty two pretty safe yellow cards um, and, he, and he went. I, I, I'm, I'm loath to criticise him. Uh, that was it. It's because Andy messaged me and said that he uh, felt sorry for Arteta and I completely agree. You know, Xhaka, yeah. Pepe, and Gabriel, three, you know, whatever we think about Xhaka, three very important players in the team, all sent off in the, what, the span of what, six league matches? Five, five, five six league matches. League matches and, yeah. you know, it's, and better and suspended as well. Like, it's, I don't, I don't actually buy into the idea that there's a, a wider narrative, particularly around this one. Um, but yeah, listen, it happened. I th- I wonder whether we go on to win the game. But to be honest, I'm so happy we didn't lose it. I'm sort of I'm sort of happy to just just move on from that. Really, um, it's annoying. He's going to be suspended. Will it be for three games? It's only a, it's a double yellow. So no, no, no. It be for one. It's a double yellow. So it's one game. Cool. Um, so he'll miss Chelsea, which again is a big shame. Yeah, yeah. But then David Luiz can put in an absolute masterclass, right? 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 Uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the moment that I knew we were playing for a draw was when Cedric came on for Pepe. That was funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, that was the moment where we were or, like, oh, okay. or I actually tweeted out, we're, we're sort of playing for the January transfer window, it feels at the moment. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Sort of knocking 100%. the ball around, waiting for the 1st of Jan. <laughs> um, only other couple of things. I thought holding, yeah, the holding goal was decent. A goal. Fucking hell. 
the holding near goal was decent and he was screaming at Cedric at one point to tuck inside. Mm. Um, I think, again, the referee's taken a slight bit of pity on us for that. Uh, it could have been a penalty against, is it Gineppo? Um, I, I don't I don't know. I think it's, it's a penalty that you've seen given by VAR, but that's always very tightly contested online by people going, it's not a penalty. The game's gone soft. It is a penalty. Game's gone, gone soft. I don't know. I, I, I felt the ref was slightly kind to us. I think in another situation with us not in 15th, he might have. He might. Because I, I, I genuinely like, I do think refs feel bad for teams at times. I think Probably. it definitely is a thing. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's all I have the game, Brad. Anything else for you? No. No. I mean, there were some positive signs at least. And um, we approached the second half well, but. Well, the only conversation we can have is the kind of if, buts, and maybes of if Gabrielle isn't sent off. I don't but... do if, buts, and maybes. I do absolutes. Have you seen that? Yeah. Very good. Sorry, Andrew. That's such a class impression. Thanks, Brad. Brad, stop flirting with me. Bloody hell. Oh, can't help it. Can't help it. Okay, so this week we had some comments from Edu. Uh, he backs Mikel Arteta. And Edu Gaspar has predicted a beautiful future. The Arsenal technical director, Edu, has rejected any suggestion that Mikel Arteta's job is under threat and believes the club will have a beautiful future under their embattled manager. Good word, The Guardian. Also, lol, did you see him in the stands gesticulating and, and shaking his head and all sorts of yeah. things? He's clearly, uh, he's clearly happy. Anyway, he ba- just basically, if, if you missed it... eight some of the players that play for us. Yeah. Well, listen, we've got to get more Kia clients. This is the problem. Um, he essentially backed Arteta and said, it's not about Edu or Mikel. It's about, I love when people talk about themselves in the third person. Um, it is not about Edu or Mikel. It is about stability, said Alex. He said, uh, now is the time to be tried to be a stable club in the old sense. Externally and internally, we need that. Since we arrived here, we've been changing, changing, changing. Now it's time to be stable and together at the same time. And he talks about January and he said, uh, why do people have to expect a magician to go, boom, come here, messy? He said, no, it depends on us. We will try to do something. I feel like I'm doing an audio book. Should I do it? I can't, yeah, he, do you know what? I can't really do an edu, but he does say, if you see all the time. He said, if you see the squad, if you see, um, don't, wait, uh, don't wait for someone out here. Anyway, basically he said, don't wait for someone outside to come inside and be a magician because that's not going to happen. We haven't hired a magician for your birthday party. It's not happening. You had one last year. Eat your cake and shut up. I do rate that from Edu, and I I rate the fact that there's better communication. He did promise that. Um, There is a sense in me that I'm like, okay, it didn't like those comments, and I know uh, John Cross, who actually got them, I think, um, said it was planned before the Burnley match. So I don't buy that it was like a panic thing. But equally, I also think it's convenient that he's come out at this point, which is, you know, I can't have it both ways. I can't be, I can't praise him for being more communicative and say it was convenient, but either way. Um, but equally, I'm also slightly concerned that he feels a little, like he's like, oh, well, yeah, we're not doing very well. I'm a bit worried. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You should be very worried. <laughs> like, yeah, this is the time to be, shitting yourself i get that he has to kind of present a a united front yeah and and he can't just come out and absolutely batter the manager but you know yeah i think it's it's no surprise the stance uh oh, the thing is is i i do agree with it in the sense that like we would be seeing a completely different season if all of the contracts that were coming to an end next summer came to an end last summer, mm. because we'd be seeing a totally new squad. And I think that one of the reasons that we as fans maybe just need to hold on that a little bit longer is if we do some good business in January, we need minimum two players just to freshen up that dressing room. I think we need minimum two players and kind of minimum two departures it will reinvigorate us. And then we go from having three players that Arteta and Edu have brought in to five. And it just adds another dynamic and adds another 
layer on top of the already kind of ready-made plan almost. Can I, I... I know what you mean about the three players. I actually think only Gabriel. I mean, technically you could argue Marie and Cedric, but I think I would say he's brought in, let's say, three squad players and two two first team players. I don't think he sees Willian long term. But when no, Gabriel but I, I just mean as a face in the dressing room and as, yeah, as somebody new I because I think one of the biggest issues with one of the reasons I fucking hate Xhaka and I like and I've got a, a few lot more of than these one. kind I'll of give you that. <laughs> Yeah. But it's because he's outlasted two managers now and feels irreplaceable. And has been there for so long, he feels like he's part of the furniture. It's an easy ride. Or at least that's the impression that I get. New players and new... One thing that I think Sir Alex Ferguson did very well that made him one of the best managers of all time was he always oh, brought in go. a quality player. Sir Alex Boner. Go on. He, he always brought in a quality player pretty much every summer. He was always bringing in somebody to compete and it never let players rest on their laurels. And I think at the moment, a fair few of this squad, you know, there were pictures of Mustafi and Kalazanak in training sat down on footballs. <laughs> and I'm thinking... I that mean, is in li- they might have just been waiting. Like. <laughs> no, I know, but as in... I'm, I, that's not a positive look, is no, it? No, no, no. I, know I want, I for, want, especially for those two be, players. Like, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> I want people to be like dead, dying, and sweating, and like on the floor because they've been working hard and all this shit because they're not good enough. And I think the issue is, is a lot of these players just don't care, and they need to be removed from the club to help change the atmosphere and mentality. And I think that if in January we get, say. Xhaka and Mustafi out and two midfielders in. I think that's massively yeah. positive to where we're going. For sure. And, you know, we could we could even get more out. You know, there's talk of Willian going to Real Betis to replace Joaquin either in January or in the summer. And I think that'd be a fucking great move for us mm-hmm. because we'll have gotten the last 12 months out of him and that's that. And then we kind of get out of paying him mm-hmm. his contract. But it would just kind of reinvigorate and refresh and allow us to actually realise Mikel Arteta's vision. Because I don't think we're doing that at the moment, and I don't think that that's his fault. For sure. Though I do think that the current vision that we're going with is slightly his fault. I understand that, yeah. I I agree with that largely. I I think there's a weird thing around Arteta where I've seen a lot of criticism of the decision to change him to manager. And then there's also the criticism around the idea that he hasn't yet changed the culture and there's still players who are, you know, lacking and he picks the team and blah, 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 all these sorts of things. To me, that feels like an oxymoron. You can't change a culture at a club, in my opinion, without being a manager because the head coach goes out, puts the cone, not necessarily puts the cones out, but decides how the team plays, picks the tactics, picks the team, is the head coach. The manager can go in and say, no, no, I actually want to to lay out the training ground differently. I want to move around things structurally within the club. I want people to come in an hour earlier. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not sitting here and pretending I know the exact breakdown of what a head coach for a manager. But what I'm saying is a manager has more power. And to change a culture at a club, it's, it's not only personnel, it's, it's, you know, it's routine. It's the, it's the... Um, the feel around London Colney, which is, you know, there's it's such a spider's web of problems. And you have to be able to be, you have to have the power to do that, to actually change that culture. And I, th- I think long term, you said it, The for me, the, the number one priority, the main problem at Arsenal is underperforming senior professionals, is underperforming Mustafi, Xhaka, mm-hmm. Lacazette, Willian, like senior senior pros who are not performing at the level expected of them. Players who we've yep. signed for 50 million, 30 million, 35 million who are not performing mm-hmm. at that level. And that comes from years and years of mismanagement, which isn't, 
it isn't really Arteta. It might be his fault for maybe not getting them out of the door in the summer and picking them, whatever. But, but in terms uh, of the large majority the co- of what the what the problem yeah. is, it's not Arteta. I think the, yeah, we had this conversation yeah. in saying that obviously it was Edu and Arteta's job to get them out. But you can't blame them for not being able exactly. to when absolute frauds like Gazidis are putting them on 120 grand a week for sure, and they're not sure. even worth 60 grand a week. But I think I think what is clear and what is becoming clear, and actually the kind of the unifying message amongst all Arsenal fans, and we were talking about like, was that the division between the fans earlier, right? Like hmm. the kind of unifying message at the moment is these players, some of these players might be good enough. Some of these players are definitely not good enough and definitely won't be yeah. good enough and definitely aren't what Arsenal need to be. And you, you, we're hearing it from multiple different sources. We're hearing it from Arteta in the Spanish media. We're hearing it Arteta in the English media, basically. We're hearing it from Edu. <laughs> we're hearing it from Vinay. We're hearing it from yeah. Freddie. Outside the club, we're hearing it from players inside. The players are the ones who need to take the responsibility and who haven't been for such a long period of time. And it's thing, and this, and, yeah. the, and the, the problem is, is that there's going to be bumps on the way, right? The Xhaka thing, I kind of understand the arguments. I know I've I've put forward a different argument on the last podcast. I understand. I still agree with understand by what I said, but I understand the thing about like the Xhaka maybe feeling like it was a different treatment than Pepe. I get that. I don't agree, but I get it. But there's sometimes it's like. Xhaka is the, is the perfect example of like where Arsenal is in a tricky spot because Xhaka is someone mm-hmm. who actually has the mentality and the leadership and the mindset to do to to get somewhere where he wants to go to, to actually be someone who can lead a dressing room all those things and I know it's I... a bit I know it's a bit of a faux tough guy thing but the problem is he can't back it up on the pitch that's the problem he cannot back up any of his talk he cannot back up any of his sort of swagger any of that on the pitch because he's simply not technically good enough and if you can it's it's that thing of combining combining those so a player like Abamyang who's got all the ability but perhaps less leadership skill and if you combine the kind of leadership skill and the and the the demand of of um, mm-hmm. someone like a Xhaka, those are the sorts of players that we want to be looking for. Gabriel has the ability and is demanding of his other players. Here's the thing as well. Xhaka is almost like what I would say a Logan Paul or a um or a friggin' whatever his younger brother's name is, in that Logan Paul's now going to fight Floyd Mayweather, undefeated Floyd Mayweather in a boxing bout. <laughs> and oh, it's Jake. And Jake Paul, I saw on Twitter calling out Conor McGregor, think and like that's Xhaka. Xhaka thinks he can take on anyone and he comes out with all this absolute bollocks saying like there was a story that he did about I think it was his like it was about like how his parents gave him the keys to their house instead yes, of his yes, brother yes, or yes, something yes. and that makes him such a good he's not yeah, a leader he just he just thinks that he is and then can never even back up what he thinks he is on the pitch it's, but that, but that look, culture of someone who is that driven. Yeah, I, I. The problem is, is it's empty. It, but it's I don't not, even. I don't even think he is driven. I think he. He's the kind of person that when you're at school with them, with, that we know, we know a few of them that thinks they work really, really hard, <laughs> but just doesn't. I don't know who you mean, Brad. But the the. The, <laughs> the thing is, you like, know exactly, I know exactly who, who I mean. The 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 thing is, is like. I kind of, um, my, the more the point I was making was like, forget Xhaka in a sense, that level of, dis- it's pro- it's problematic because Xhaka, I don't believe, can back it up. Xhaka, I think it's all a, a bit of a facade, but that mm-hmm. level of like, sort of like, you know, everyone calls him a model professional. Everyone believes that he really wants to fight for the team. You know, listen, I, I do believe that Xhaka really cares. Everyone believed that Ten, Bo- Ten Bundy was a nice person. <laughs> Killed quite a few women. No, but you know what? No, no, I get you. But like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a professionalism, there's a will to win. It's yeah. massively misplaced. It's massively whatever. It's combined, it's getting him, and this is the problem, and the, and the thing I was going to come on to about January is like, yes, get the players in, but to change this culture, <laughs> to change, just laughing at what I said, I'm such a fucking Egypt. What is it? To change this culture, we also need players who are going to come in and de- be demanding of the players around them. We can't sign meek little timid Thomas Rositsky's Bakayo Sakas anymore. We need. Mate, I wish we could have a Thomas Rositsky right now. I'd love Fuck his. Me. I'd love his technical ability, but we need players. If the if the problem is the culture, part or partly the culture of the players, then let's get some people in who are going to be like, what the fuck was that and be honest 
I love Kieran Tierney. I think he's the ex- he Kieran Tierney, Gabriel Party. Party we don't know much about in terms of his English or how he is around the training ground. He's just moved, but I've seen seen him point, you know being a vocal on the pitch and even holding like holding someone who I think is actually quite professional really cares. You can hear him talking to players. He doesn't have the ability. Yeah, it's just a sh- yeah. It's just a shame he's shit. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we receding hairline FC by the way? Gabriel and Holder. Yeah. Bless him. Um, this is me with my ridiculously head of head of curly hair, which I'm just hiding all my other insecurities. Um, but the uh, yeah. Anyway, what I'm what I'm trying to say is in a very roundabout way is that level of. Do you remember when you shaved your head? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Maybe in the Christmas special, I'll put that as the uh, as the the photo on the podcast. Please do, please. I'll find you an embarrassing photo of me with long hair. We can do it, we can do it. Anyway, point I'm trying to make is try and change the culture. And doing that is is we yeah. need the kind of desire and the commitment of these players. Because like, I don't believe, do I believe Lacazette goes home and really cares at 2am when he's on Instagram the night before a game about winning the match? Not really. Do I believe that someone like Kalasnac goes home and cares about Arsenal? Not really. Mustafi? Not really. A lot of these players don't care. And that's part of the problem. So we need, we, whatever we do in January, creative players or not, that's one of my big priorities is, is, is changing the culture. And I'm sure that'll be Mikel mm-hmm. and Edu's as well. Uh, no, I'd, I 100% agree with you, mate. 100p agree. Um, 100p. Here's a question, Brad. Do you think Arteta needs a new assistant? Yes. I think he needs. Uh, I think and if don't you look say at me, but who would it be? I think uh, I, I don't know who it would be, uh, but I think if you look at every single successful manager, they and and during their most successful periods, they have had a quality assistant manager. You think the lead up to Liverpool's biggest run of success, they had a guy called um, I think it was like Zajko Buvac, who had been with Klopp for a long time. Mourinho. Your football knowledge will never, never not impress me. Mourinho. It's just in there, mate. Uh, Mourinho, when he was uh, in his, like, the height of his successful career, and no wonder that as his career started to tail off, it was after this guy left, but Rui Faria, yeah. I don't think works with him anymore. Carlos Queiroz. Or is it, I, or, no, I think Rui Faria is still with him, but it was somebody. Might have been somebody else. I could be getting my wife. He's got that Joao guy now. Think, but I was talking about your 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 boy, Sir Alex had Carlos Quiroz. Yeah, and uh, Sir Alex had a couple, and Wenger had Moon Pat Rice and, and David Dean, and lots of people helping him out. Yeah, I mean, for David a long, Dean was on the training ground, but I know what you mean. <laughs> no, no, no. But as in, like, had these people around yeah, them yeah. to advise them, and to you know, and. I think that we've almost got a David Dean in Edu. I'm not going to say that he's as good as, but we can't really tell yet because... He appears to support Mikel in the way that Dean supported In the Mikel. way that David did, yeah. And the, the shackles haven't been released on these two people yet. They're having to run with like weights tied around, around their ankles with these ridiculous contracts and these players. Squadron Mustafi but chasing I do think back that, after them. <laughs> literally, literally. But I think that... As, if we were to bring, because one of the things that I think the issue that I have with Mikel is at the moment is he's being very stubborn in not reverting back to how we were playing before the summer. Just very defensive, pass out from the back. And even if Leno is not particularly adept at doing that, we at least found a moniker of success in that. And even if we don't get top four and we end up getting eighth because of it it's still better to do that than to persist with a tactic of overloading the left to then switch to the right that's not currently working and I think that maybe bringing in you know it's no wonder that Pep's form tailed off after Arteta left and Pep's form has started to kind of pick back up after he's brought in this new assistant manager who I think was a manager at a Spanish club let me just google it I can't remember his name Brad doesn't know something. A, What's going on? It was a weird appointment because I th- assistant manager current. He'd worked with the guy before, and um, yeah, he was a former Real Sociedad and um, Real Oviedo manager. Because his and then this is obviously the um, what I think one of the 
people that were brought in to mainly replace Mikel Arteta at City. And it's no wonder that when Mikel left, there was all these memes going around about about Pep and his, you know, and going like, oh, is, was Mikel responsible for everything? And then he's got a new assistant manager in and had time to work with him. And it's now almost their form is starting to pick back up. And even though they're not particularly great at the moment, they're still better than they were last season, I think. And I just adding somebody with a different kind of brain, Mm. because I think the issue is, is Arteta has one way of thinking like most managers like Wenger. Having somebody that thinks a different way is only ever going to be a positive. He needs a Bradley Adams is what he needs. Maybe he needs the two of us. Maybe we can, we can, (laughs) Can I just say the worst thing that Arsenal Football Club could do is appoint you and I to be to be advisors. Horrific, a horrific, horrific. Um, Brad, can I just make your day? Yes, of course you can. Liverpool two, Tottenham one. Final score, ninetieth minute. Firmino. Um, there's been a Tim Sherwood moment that everyone's talking about. I just want to watch it. Hang on, I'll play it for the listeners. Um, another corner. Not too worried about these corners. I mean, it might come back to bite me here, but I think Tottenham have got the dominant. Dominancy in the air there, you know, so I'm not sure anyone can get the head on the first ball for Liverpool, apart from that one. <laughs> in the 90th minute. Wow. Oh my god, that's so funny. Have you seen it? No, no. Find it afterwards. Watch it. a it's be- the- I'm, I'm literally sending you a beautiful picture of Mourinho's face after the second goal. I've seen it. it. I've seen it. Watch the Tim Sherwood thing. Um... What was I going to say? Okay, yeah, we have one more question, Bradiano Ronaldo. Oh, also, I think one thing to remember: we just drew one-one with third place in the league currently. So let's 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 calm down. Let's. let's. Um, how do you how do you see it? This is from Stephen Brockhausen, who is at JS Brockhausen. Apologies for mispronouncing your name. If I have, how do you see us lining up against Everton? Will the plan to be keep them out and try nick one? Big Sam football. Love, a big fan of Sam Allardyce still getting management in football. Um, Tim Stillman said this. Uh, real, real shame that Sam Allardyce, who's now managed something like eight teams in the Premier League and the England team, just hasn't had the opportunities in management if he was called Aladici. You know, he maybe he maybe he would have had the opportunities if he was called Aladici. He's only, he's only managed England and eight, eight Premier League clubs. <laughs> anyway, line up for Everton. Uh, I think it will be the same. I don't think we'll see a shift in tactics. I don't think Mikel's the kind of person that against an Everton is going to go, oh, I'll just stick 11 men behind the ball. I think we'll see this kind of 3-4-3 moving to a 4-3-3 in transition. Again, I think we'll probably see the regular lineup, obviously. I don't know. I don't know when party's back. I don't think it'll be for a while. Perhaps when he's back, we could have a party. Party. Way. But uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. And um, I reckon... I like it... you've not appreciated my originality there, bro. Oh, I, I love your originality, my friend. Always. Stop flirting with me. What's going on? <laughs> you've got a girlfriend. So have you. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. And I love her. Uh, Aww. Aww. So what's your lineup? Come on. Uh, Leno and Goal holding Mari... And David Luiz as the centre backs. Ainsley Maitland-Niles right wing back. Tierney. Oh, actually no. Oh God, yeah. Because if I'm pe- wait, I'm going to start that again. Leno in goal. Uh, I'd go David Luiz right centre back. I'd go. Uh, I'd go um, Pablo Mari in the middle, and I'd go Tierney on the left. I'd then go right wing back of. Maitland-Niles, left wing back of Saka. Double pivot in the middle of Elneny and Ceballos. Obviously, party if he's back. And then a front three of Pepe, Aubameyang and Balogun. Naughty little um, little Pablo Mari in the centre-back. Yeah. Um, he I'm was going... decent in the Europa games and with Gabriel out. I'd rather play him than Mustafi. Yeah. Hang on. I, I found someone's... Hang on. Let me find... Where was it? I found someone's lineup. Here it is. I thought it was brilliant. I'd probably stick uh, Fabianski, 
Juru and Andres Santos, Vermal and Squilacci, Frimprong in the hole, Cochlin and Banayun in front of him, Chamberlain, Oshavin and Shamak. Just want to tell you, just want to tell you guys that team was playing. An, it, that's a that's a screen grab from a Champions League game. And Arsene Wenger, and you guys wanted Arsene Wenger gone, and so did I. <laughs> let's clarify, but let's just have a think about that a second. Fabianski, Juru, Vermalin, Squalacci, Andre Santos, Frimpong, Frimpong played in the Champions League. Coquelin, Ben Ayun, Oxlade Chamberlain, Shamak, and Arshavin. Oh, just imagine what he'd be doing with this squad right now. Just imagine. Oh. Um, okay, Brad, anything else? Nothing from me, mate. What are you doing for the rest of the evening? Uh, I'm going to start packing some stuff because I ha- I've i got to head home home tomorrow for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I've got to get my stuff packed. That Christmas that we're definitely not all going to regret. Yeah, 100%. One honey pee. Um, what are you up to this evening, mate? I'm working, doing some doing some voiceover stuff. Nice, nice, My nice, favourite thing nice. is when people uh, say, people hire me as with this voice and then say, sorry, you just, you sound a bit over-articulate. Well, don't hire someone from Bournemouth then. Don't you hire somebody who speaks idiot. like you then. Like, <laughs> it's, my, it's so funny. <laughs> anyway. You've, you've obviously heard my voice. <laughs> it's like asking, you know, Xhaka not to... Be a fucking idiot. Ruin your weekend. All right. uh, Listen, it's been a pleasure, as always. As always. Um, And we will see you on the next one. We've got Everton, Chelsea and City. No, Everton City, then Chelsea next. So um, expect these podcasts to get pretty dark fairly soon. This was a nice little light light bit of relief. (sighs) Nice bit of light relief. Uh, All right. I will see you soon. In a bit. See you soon, mate. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. If you enjoyed that and you want to hear some more, please subscribe or follow us on whatever platform you use for a new podcast after every match. If you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon and find us on Twitter at Diffknock. Thanks. <laughs>